Hallelujah. Come on, as you hear people say all the time, He is great, and He is greatly to be praised. Amen. You know, Brother Brian, I, can't, I couldn't help but think about when you were just singing that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. I don't remember if it was last year or even the year before when Sister Susan Tom Play had come. She usually comes about every year on her kind of pass-through from Ecuador. But she had talked about a little five-year-old boy. And she said there was a five-year-old boy that I don't remember how many miles he walked. I think it was somewhere around three to five miles. Come on, in America, we don't even let our five-year-olds get near the road. But this little five-year-old boy, he would actually walk all the way through those, tra- those trails and those old roads through the jungle. It's really just a dirt path, as we would call it today. But he would walk that three to five miles, however far it was, every time they had a church service. A five-year-old child. And she said as he would walk that distance to church... What a beautiful illustration of someone who's truly come to the Lord. He would go by himself because the rest of his family was not saved, not his siblings, not his parents, not any of them. But he had given his heart and his life unto the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so as he would walk that, he would sing that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. What a beautiful illustration of a child walking to church going to worship the Lord God Almighty to live and to dwell with fellow believers leaving the world behind and walking to the Lord it was a solitary walk wasn't it I'm sure it was a lonely walk but come on the Lord was walking with him amen because he had decided to follow Jesus my Lord that's powerful this morning church we got so much to be thankful for don't we brother Brian wonderful worship this morning hallelujah Amen. I couldn't think about all the things they were singing about this morning. In fact, I'm going to preach on this morning the healing of the waters. Amen. So God is in control. But some of the songs they were singing to us before was talking about that God loves us and God is for us. Did you know that you have the favor of God in your life? Church, isn't that wonderful to think about? You have the favor of God in your life. You have God's favor Come on, there's been many times where we wanted to actually look at our parents and we wanted their favor, we wanted their blessing, we wanted those things in our lives and we wanted the favor of others. But church, what a wonderful thought to think of this morning that we have God's favor above all. Come on, He is the Father of lights. He is the giver of all good things, amen, in whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. We have the very favor of God. Church, that's what we should be rejoicing about. That God loves us, that He saved us, He's never going to leave us, He's never going to forsake us. In fact, in Psalms 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say unto the Lord, He is my fortress, my refuge, and my God, and in Him will I trust. Church, let me ask you all this morning, are you abiding, are you dwelling? Have you made your abode? in the secret place of the Most High, where all your provisions are already taken care of, where there's safety, where there's shelter, no matter how much the storm rages around you and no matter how much the water raises, come on, it is not going to float you off and it's not going to overtake you because you are dwelling, hallelujah, in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Come on, time is not going to knock him down. In fact, he is an eternal abode. He is an eternal giver of all good things. He is an eternal giver of love. He is an eternal giver of protection. He is an eternal giver of grace and blessings. Come on, they never end. It is literally a river of water, a fountain that flows from him, that flows to us. Amen. Come on, it waters our places. It gives us places of sunshine. It gives us shade. It gives us plenty. It gives us fruitfulness. It all flows from Him. And if you have Him today, I want to tell you, it is available unto you today. All you got to do is come up to it and drink of the waters of life freely. Hallelujah. Drink from these waters and it shall never run dry. If y'all would turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 2 Kings chapter 2. And we're going to be starting off at verse 
19 this morning. 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 19. Church, don't forget we're having dinner on the ground in the back today. It's not actually on the ground anymore. I still like that expression, don't you? That's a southern expression if you're not from the south. They used to actually have it on the ground. There's a family reunion that I go to every couple of years on my dad's side. They've actually asked me to preach it a couple of times. But they still, it's an old Methodist church, and they still have, they have like uh, clotheslines set up, and it's like a fence, like almost chicken wire fence that's in between these two clotheslines. And it's about waist high, and they put all the food on that. And you literally still go, and you sit on the ground, and you eat your food. I love it. It's, it's wonderful. It's very country, amen. It's very right, and it's proper. Just enjoying one another's presence, just enjoying the presence of the Lord. But they still literally have dinner on the ground. Hallelujah. In all its simplicity. But we are going to have Thanksgiving dinner in the back and we're going to enjoy one another's fellowship and we're going to enjoy the blessings and the food that God has placed before us because church, we have a lot to be thankful for. In fact, church, I'll tell you this morning, you got many things to be thankful for even at the very minuteness of all that you have to be thankful for. If you still have breath in your lungs, you should give praise to the Lord right now. Come on, you still six feet above this morning. You still have time. You still have opportunity. You still have a place. You still have a position. Amen. It's never too late. It's never too late. And for those of us who could join us today, and by the way, I see some guests out here. Welcome to Unity Prayer Center today. Glad to have you all with us today. We have freedom to come into the house of God and to worship the Lord God Almighty this morning. Church, I want to tell you that that freedom is not everywhere. Come on, we just talked about Veterans Day, and we celebrated Veterans Day at my kids' school. I think it was Friday they celebrated that. But talking about those who have paid a heavy price for our freedom. Church, did you know this morning that freedom didn't come for free? There's always a sacrifice. There's always a price. Your salvation, your blessings, your security, your comfort, your grace, all that that you have in your life, it all come because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the price that he paid at Calvary for us. Church, it wasn't free. In fact, it was a heavy, it was a mighty, mighty price on our behalf. Let's don't lose sight of that. Church, just a couple of announcements. There is something I want to mention you know, every couple of years or every year, whatever it may be, whatever the Lord opens up the opportunity, God will send me to another country to preach the gospel, and I'm very thankful for that, amen? In fact, I love doing that. I feel like that's probably my real calling anyway, to be honest with y'all. But Bubba and I will be going down to Mexico, and we'll be preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to those people for about two and a half weeks. We'll be leaving on the 28th of this month and coming back on the 12th. So I want to ask all of you to please first pray for our safety. And then secondly, I want you to pray that God would let the gospel go forth in an unlimited amount. Amen? That it will go forth. It will go forth in might and it will go forth in power. Hallelujah. The gospel of Jesus Christ, that he still heals, that he still saves. Hallelujah, he still sets free. Come on, he still baptizes in the Holy Spirit. And hallelujah, one day he is coming back for his church and his body. Hallelujah. He's coming back for us. Hallelujah. He has not left us and he has not forsaken us. Amen. He is winning. He is preparing a great place, a mansion for us. Amen. And he would not have told us these things, as the word said, if it wasn't true. I will come back for you. The Lord God says, you may be asking the same questions the disciples asked, well, how shall we know where you're going? How shall we know how to get there? And he would tell them, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Come on, the word tells us that it is nigh unto us. It's in our mouths and it's even in our hearts. That if we'll confess him, amen, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Church, all we have to do is call out to him. Come on, we don't have to go to some old tabernacle out in the wilderness. We don't have to bring those goats and those pigeons and those bullocks. We don't have to bring those sacrifices every time we mess up. We don't have to wait in line with every other sinner on the planet trying to get up there and get atonement. Hallelujah. Because of his finished work at Calvary, we can simply call out to him in our hearts. Hallelujah. And God hears us and he will save us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him some praise this morning on that. Some of you are saying, I know all this already. Good, you need to hear it again. God ain't always going to give you some big revelation every time you set foot in the house. Did you know that? You know what he's going to do a lot of times? In fact, every time, if you'll let him, he's going to speak what you need to hear. Sometimes it's just something real simple that we don't want to hear, like, you're wrong. That hits you already, don't it? Huh? Come on, Americans. Come on, we're full of pride in America now. You better, you better justify you tell me I'm wrong. Because I'm right. And you're wrong. Come on, that's how America, that's how we change. We're America, right? That's how I, we're, we're prideful, we are. Come on, there's strength in that. If you're on the right side, God's side. God always will tell us what we need to hear. Come on, don't always have to be some big, in-depth, spiritual message. Come on, sometimes we need to hear that too. But it's what we need to hear, those simple things like, you're wrong, and he's right. Our attitudes, our minds need to be renewed, as I told you all about last week. It needs to be renovated. It may not need to be tan on the wall, it needs to be something else. Some of us may even need some red up there. Y'all get that in a minute. Red means the blood. Red also means passion. Red's a passion color. Did y'all know that? Some of us need some passion in our lives. Need some excitement, some unction for the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. I can't wait to praise Him. I can't wait to shout about Him. I can't wait to get to church. I can't wait to tell everybody what He's done for me. I can't wait to tell my co-workers. I can't wait to tell my family one more time about Jesus Christ and His blessings and His salvation and His forgiveness and His mercy. It just flows down unto me, amen. Every time I need it, I just got to go and partake of it, amen. I will go and I will drink from that fountain, hallelujah. Come on, y'all don't suck all the passion out of me today. <laughs> Preach to me, preacher. Run up down the aisle, scream a little bit. Come on, shake that bush one more time. Come on, y'all better wake up this morning. I'm going to start doing some of that. I'll run down there and lay hands on you now. That back row, hey, I'll go back there. They'll pray for us in Mexico, amen. I think God's going to do a great work. You know, he did great things in Africa. He did great things in India. We saw people healed in both places. Demons were cast out in India. People were saved. Numerous people were saved in India. We saw the hand of God reach out to those people. God ministering to them, growing them, educating them, encouraging them. Showing them the light shining through the darkness. Showing them the path, the way of Jesus. But I feel something even different, even more about Mexico. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I think it's a spark. I think God's going to ignite something, amen? I think he's going to those people. Be praying for that, hallelujah. We need your prayers for safety. Y'all know Mexico is one of the most dangerous places in the world right now with all the cartels and all those things. It's a very dangerous place. There's not supposed to be a lot of that where we're going, but you never know. Amen? You never know. So we need first the safety of God. And we need your prayers, hallelujah, to reach up and touch heaven that the doors, the path, the way would be opened. Hallelujah. Unlimited. Unlimited. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask Him to bless His service this morning. Lord, I would just ask, Lord, today, Lord, there seems a bit of distraction, Lord. I can just feel it in my spirit. A bit of tiredness in the body today. 
Lord, I would just ask, Lord, that you would cast out every distraction, every bit of tiredness in the body, in the flesh today. And Lord, allow the word to go forth, Lord, in might and in power and in truth. Anoint me, Lord, to speak it, Lord, as your preacher, Lord, your speaker today. Allow my heart cry to be communicated effectively and appropriately, Lord, to this body at this moment and this time. Anoint, O oh Lord God, as only you can to speak and to hear. And let us properly apply it to our lives. Let us not be thinking, Lord, about what is to come after service, but focus in on you now at this moment, Lord, as you speak unto us, O oh Lord God. Educate and uplift us, O oh Lord God. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Everyone in the house said amen. Amen. Everyone in Second Kings chapter 2 this morning. Nobody's there. I, I'm about to run down there now. I'll do it. I'll come sit right by some of y'all and preach this morning. Second Kings chapter 2 and verse 19. Come on, the turkey ain't going nowhere. I promise you'll get some. Let's get some of this holy word, some of this real food this morning. Amen. Come on, some of you ain't ate since last Sunday. Some of you ain't ate since Wednesday. Y'all hungry? I'm hungry today. <laughs> Amen. Verse 19 says this. And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is not, and the ground is barren. So we see right here, Elijah, this is going to be the second great miracle that he performs. Elijah was a very hungry man. He was a very thirsty man for the things of God. They had the sons of the prophets. Basically, these were prophets in training that fell under Elijah. We don't know how many of them it was, but some believe it was many as like almost 50 of them. And we know that the Lord called Elisha and that he was actually plowing the field and Elijah and the Lord sent Elijah over there and he told him to leave his family and to come with him and he basically prepares the calf for his family and he leaves them to become the next great prophet of God. But he begins to follow Elijah to these different cities and Elijah every time would tell him, stay behind, don't go with me. But every time Elijah, because he was hungry and he was thirsty, just as Joshua was. Remember, Joshua couldn't go all the way to the top of Mount Sinai, but he would go about halfway and he would stay there. Even for the 40 days and the 40 nights, Joshua was a very zealous man for the things of the Lord. And even though he couldn't go all the way, he went as far as he could. So we see Elijah following around Elijah. And he follows him to all these cities. Each time he gives him the same instruction over and over. Don't come, don't go. But Elisha is so zealous that he continues to follow after him. Finally, Elijah asks him, he says, I'm about to be caught up by the Lord. I'm about to be taken. What can I do for you? And Elijah asks for something great. How, do we, how many of us this morning know that God gives us great gifts, great things? Come on, not small things, but large things, supernatural things, great things. Come on, you don't have to ask him just for $5. If you need $5, you can ask him for $5,000. Hallelujah. You can ask him for whatever you need because he don't just give us small gifts. He gives us great and mighty things. He is the Lord of all provision. Amen. He don't just own the hills and the cows own it. He owns the endless sky above all the hills. Amen. He's a God of great things and great gifts. When we need to ask, we need to ask big. Amen. Ask big in your life. You need forgiveness? Ask for it. You need provision? Ask for it. You need mercy? Ask for it. You need healing? Ask. And you shall receive seeking. You shall find knock. And it shall be opened unto you. A-S-K. Ask, church. Ask for it. You need it this morning, ask for it. He says, I want a double portion of your spirit. I want a double anointing of what you've got. Church, that's wonderful to think about, isn't it? Come on, that's no small thing. 
We see Elijah doing some of the greatest things in the entire Word of God. Come on, the man prays and it don't rain for three and a half years. Great things God does. The man prays and then it does rain. Hallelujah. I want a double portion. I want a double anointing of what God has given you. I want your mantle, but I want it double anointed. And Elijah tells him, if you shall see me go up in a in a cloud of fire and a chariot of fire. Hallelujah. That's looking into the supernatural right there, isn't it? Come on, that's seeing things that aren't natural. You shall receive this. And so we know that he follows him even across the river Jordan, all those places that the other sons of the prophets wouldn't go. And he beholds this. And we know the mantle of Elijah falls upon Elijah. And the first thing he does is he parts the water of Jordan just as Elijah had did before him to know that he is anointed of God. In fact, if you trace it back all through Scripture, Elijah does double, double of the great miracles and wonders that Elijah did. He had a double portion, hallelujah, of the anointing. But they send out a search party for Elijah. (laughs) Isn't it great how we always see mankind never changes? So now the man that is anointed of the Lord has the blessing of the Lord, they don't believe him. How many sermons have you sat under and you had some crazy preacher like me running around and you heard it, but you didn't necessarily believe it? Come on, how many of us sat under sermons before we finally got saved? Well, I know all of you just walked in church one day, heard one sermon, got saved. It does happen that way sometimes. It don't usually happen that way. Did y'all know that this morning? How many sermons did you sit under? bunch. I had to hear several times where I was convinced that I was wrong. There's that word again. I was wrong. We can't even say it, can we? It don't always happen that way. Come on, usually it's a process of the Spirit drawing us over and over and over again. Come on, I believe I'm an evangelist, so I believe I can preach a sermon through the anointing of the Lord and people can get saved. In fact, that's my role. That's my responsibility. Sometimes it may take many sermons, amen? Today may be your sermon today. Amen? Today may be your day of salvation. Hallelujah. As you hear the Word of God preached, you hear it ministered, amen? The truth registers with your spirit and you know that you are lost and you're going to a devil's hell and you need, hallelujah, to be saved. It is none other than Jesus Christ, hallelujah, who saves you now and forevermore. They sent out a search party and they did not find Elijah. And now we come to this verse in verse 19. They come to him in the city of Jericho And they basically tell him this. They tell him that the situation of this city is pleasant. In fact, I want you to take notice that the location is very nice. In fact, we love this location. Come on, as we would say it today in South Louisiana, I got the house, I got a few acres of land, I even got some water that borders my property in the back. Come on, we go sit by the water, we fish, we do this, we just enjoy when the sun goes down, we got some chairs back We got a hammock. Come on, we go back there and drink coffee and we just dwell. We have picnics on the ground. It's just a very pleasant place to be, is it not? I love the location. We love the scenery. It feels very good for us here in this place and in this position in our lives. In fact, we want to stay in this location. But there's not just a minor problem with this location. There is a major problem with this location. You see, because this location, the well of water that feeds it, the very source that life comes through, the very source that waters our plants, the very source of water that waters our fields, the very source of water that waters us, it doesn't just give us nourishment, but it brings our crops to a place of maturity, to a place of growth, so that they don't just not produce, but instead they're not just fruitful, but they're multi-fruitful. There is much fruitfulness because the water 
feeds this place. It is great water. It is good water. But there's a problem with this place here, even though we love the location, we love the acquaintances, we love the relationships, we love all those things. The water is not any good here. The well that feeds this place is not any good. All of the way down to the very source, all the way down into the ground to the deep, dark places that we cannot see. You cannot see it with the human eye, but it goes way deep, deep down. And I want to tell you that the water is not any good. What's feeding us is not right and it's not proper. So much to the point that it tells us this, the water is not, it's not any good, and the ground is barren. You see, church, what this really means is this. The word, when you look it up in the Hebrew, it means to miscarriage. The ground is barren that every time we become pregnant, every time we have the expectation that life is going to come forth, that there's going to be new life, that there's going to be hope, that there's going to be future, every time that we become pregnant and we're all joyful of what is to come and everyone is planning and preparing for the new life to come forth because we are pregnant with expectation, we're pregnant with joy, we're pregnant of the future possibilities every time that it gets to a point to where we're pregnant and we think that life is going to come forth, that we miscarriage every time over and over and over again because what is feeding us is not any good. It is not a place of proper nourishment and therefore we miscarriage every single time. There is no fruit. There is no proper nourishment. There is no hope. There is no future. There is no life. You see, I want to tell you this morning, many of us get in situations like this. In fact, many of you are probably here now, here and today. I really like the scenery. I really like certain friendships. I really like certain relationships. I really like how things are going. I think this is a good place and I want to remain here. But, you know, every time I see that I want to stay here, I just miscarriage over and over and over again. You see, even though I may be a believer at heart this morning, I don't see proper fruit being manifested in my life. In fact, I hardly see any fruit at all. See, church, I want to ask you all this morning, how many of us in the house today are really fruit bearers today? Can we look in the mirror today and say, am I producing right and proper fruit? better question is this. How many of us desire to be fruit bearers? Two of you. Man, I need to preach on salvation or something today. Come on, y'all scream and shout. Y'all ain't going to scare me or nothing. I promise you ain't going to embarrass me. (laughs) Good luck. How many of you want to be fruit bearers? See, that should be the next step in our walk with the Lord, should it not? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. How many of us know this morning that our salvation is a set thing? It's a sure thing. Come on, we're not going to be turned away in the last day. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know what servants do? They work. They serve. The next step, the next thing that we should desire in our lives is not just to hang out on a pew until I die and look at my savings account every day. Enjoy the coffee with the friends and the family. That's all great and wonderful. I desire, I'm going to want to do that one day too, hoping my, my bank account will be high enough. Probably not. <laughs> I'll probably preach my last sermon and fall over. That's okay too. But we should desire fruit to be brought forth, fruit to be manifested. When people look at us and they're around us, they should know and understand that we're fruit bearers. Come on, this tree produces right and proper fruit. Come on, you should look at me and say, well, Brother Joey Mack may not be a good speaker, but I know he's going to seek the Lord and he's going to give us whatever God tells him to give us this Sunday morning. 
That's being a fruit bearer. Amen? We should have a desire to be fruit bearers when others think about us and they look at us and say, Wow, I don't really know them that well. I don't really know their heart, but I know they're fruit bearers. I want to tell you this morning, the only way that you're going to ever be the fruit bearer that God has called you to be and desires you to be is if you have that well of water healed in your life. You see, there's a healing that only can come from the Lord. Did you know the Lord is the only one that heals anyway? You see, they'll have these great revivals in these big cities, and they'll have all these proposed healings that'll come forth, and some of them are legitimate, but some of them aren't really healings at all. They're just deception by the devil. You ever read up and learned about some of those great revivals? Come on, we had one in Lakeland several years ago. Some guy was kicking people in the face. Anybody remember that? The guy was kicking, he kicked some old, old, older woman in the face. Kicked her almost all the way off of the stage. I almost messed up in that sister sharing. I caught it. Thank you for the anointing. <laughs> older lady. Seasoned. Sister Sharon likes to call it seasoned. I like that term. The only way our ground can be healed is by the Lord God Almighty. You see, they bring this problem to Elijah, and he tells him this in verse 20. He said, bring me a new cruise. A cruise is a vessel. It's an earthen bowl, as we would call it. It's a piece of pottery made into a bowl or a watering vessel. He says, bring me a new cruise and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And verse 21 says this, and he went forth into the spring. Notice he goes to the very source of the water. Not at the faucet, as we would call it, but at the very source of the water. He went into the spring of waters and he cast the salt in there and said, thus saith the Lord. I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. Well, Brother Joey, what does that signify? What does that mean? How many of us know that salt on its own really doesn't heal any waters? Go pour some salt in some water and see what happens to you. It's going to be like drinking the uh, guff out there. Salt doesn't heal anything. But when salt, hallelujah, is mixed in this symbolicness and this illustration of Jesus Christ and his atoning workforce, we see faith in that heals the waters. You see, he asked for a new cruise, a new vessel. Why is that so important? Well, I'll tell you why it's so important. Because it tells us this in John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him and for Him. And without Him was not anything that was made. And in Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not. He goes on to tell us in that very same chapter in verse 14. It says that the Word, hallelujah, became flesh. And He came down here and He dwelt you know that word dwelt right there in verse 14? You know what it means? It means to tabernacle. It means, hallelujah, just as God took earth and he breathed life, the breath, the ruah, hallelujah, into that dirt. It's what gave Adam his life, amen. It says Jesus Christ also became that earthen vessel. It says that the word came and was made flesh and dwelt or tabernacled amongst us. And he goes on to say, we beheld his glory, the, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. And it goes on to tell us that he had fullness of grace and of truth in him. Jesus Christ, hallelujah, is that earthen vessel that came down here and tabernacled and dwelt amongst us, church, and lived amongst us. It is showing us a perfect illustration here of the waters that need to be healed and the only source that can heal them is faith in Jesus Christ and in His atoning work. 
Well, Brother Joy, I really don't need to hear that. I don't really have a healing this morning. I feel like I'm healthy. I feel like I'm perfect and I'm sound. Church, I want to tell you, every one of us in the house this morning has some type of healing that we need from the Lord God Almighty today. Come on, whether it's that old tongue you got and you're talking about people, whether it's your attitude and your mind needs to be renewed, whether it's your greediness, whether it's your enviness, whether it's your jealousy, whether it's your pride, whether it's your slothfulness, whatever it is this morning, every one of us has something that we need to be healed today. And I want to tell you, when you get it healed once, it shall be healed forevermore. You want to produce proper fruit, you come to Jesus Christ today and He will heal those waters. Hallelujah. He'll heal them. You know, all through Scripture in the New Testament, He beckons us, invites us to come. He tells us in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, a Gentile, He tells her, if you drink from these waters, you're going to thirst again. But if you drink from the waters that I shall give you, you shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give you shall be in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You'll never be thirsty again before the things of God. Hallelujah. They have a great feast every year. It says it's believed as many as 300,000 to a million people would come into the city for the great feast to Passover. And Jesus just sees them, the priests symbolically of, of God pouring out His blessings and His grace and the Holy Spirit coming up at the pool of Shalom. He would walk up those steps and He would pour out that water into the pool of Shalom. And it says Jesus just couldn't take it anymore in John chapter 7. And it says he stood and he cries. It says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes upon me, as the scripture has saith, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. John 7 and 37. Even in Revelations at the very end, the very last chapter of God talking to us. He's still beckoning us to come unto Him and to drink of His provision, of His mercy, of His forgiveness. For it is only when we drink of the Lord and have faith in Him that we can be healed in totality. In Revelations 22 and 17, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. Church, will you come today? Let him that is thirsty come and drink of the waters of life freely. It's whosoever will, church. Come on, God's no respecter of persons today. He will heal you of the waters that are not any good and is producing all the barrenness in your life. It tells us this. In verse 22, so the waters were healed unto this day according to the saying of Elijah which he spoke. Y'all know how long ago this was? It's about 2,700 years ago. Let me ask you this. The word tells us that those waters are still healed today. In fact, it tells us in the word, the previous verse, when he speaks the words of God over it and he has faith in it, that they shall be healed now and forevermore. They shall never return back to their former condition. You see, that's what God does for us in our lives. We see the testimony here. We could go to this place now and we could probably find this well and we could drink of this fountain of water even now. It's a testimony that has lasted some 2,700 years later. How many of us is going to have a testimony that's going to last even a couple of years later, five years later, ten years later? We see a testimony here that's still some 2,700 years old that is still meant to us today. What is our lives going to reverberate throughout an eternity? 
What kind of fruit are we producing, if any at all? Today, that can all change for you, though, because it's available unto us. Come on, he calls us out to come and to drink of the waters of life freely. Come on, do you need that healing today? I'm going to ask y'all to stand this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. Mm. I guess y'all know all this today. You need prayer? I'd love to pray for you today. Come on, these altars are open. Would you come today? Would you ask the Lord to touch you, to heal you? You have waters that need to be healed today. You have circumstances in your life. Today He can touch you. Today He will touch you. If you'll come unto Him today. As the worship team begins to play, would you come this morning? Come on, this isn't my invitation, it's yours. God's waiting on you today. Has the word of God spoke to you today? Has it registered in your heart today? The truth, the simplicity of it today? Is this what you needed to hear from God? Has he spoken? Would you respond today in Jesus' name? streams make black city of our God there is a river whose streams make black city There's a river for you and me today. Hallelujah. Let's rejoice. Oh, there is a river whose streams make glad city of our God.
greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about y'all, but I want to tell you, church, God was pouring out at this altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He is in this place. He is in this house. Church, if we'll just come to those waters of life and we'll drink, come on, he'll heal us now and forevermore. You got to believe it today, church, to truly receive it. Amen. You got to believe it's for you you got to believe that he speaks it to you. you got to believe that he died for you, that he's reaching out to you, that he's calling to you, that he wants a relationship with you. He desires you and not anyone else. He wants you. Hallelujah. I remember my mother telling a story. I'm sure every mother feels this way. I'm not a woman, so I don't know. But they didn't find out what I was going to be. My older brother, Jeremy, is three years older than me, so they had the boy, of course, most couples want the boy, the girl, you know, have the best of both worlds, so they say. <laughs> I'd say that is true. But they didn't find out what I was going to be, and so she wanted a girl, of course. Of course, when I got here, I was not a girl. <laughs> but my mother said that when they went to hand me to her, she said, I didn't care what he was. I wanted him. take you in he'll forgive you he'll love you he'll hold you he'll bless you and he'll take care of you because he desires you if you'll come to him come on he's not going to force his way he's always there he's always reaching he's always seeking he's always speaking come on he spoke through me today he'll talk through a donkey Read your Bible and you'll see what I'm talking about. He desires you if you'll come and you will accept him and you'll drink from those waters. Come on, he loves us today. Oh, give him some praise one more time. Come on, y'all waited patiently for the turkey. Come on, I got y'all, what, three minutes over today. Pretty good timing. Let's bless the food and then... I welcome to see y'all in the back. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this service. I thank you, Lord, for these dear souls, Lord, that have gathered today to worship and to praise you. Lord, you have said in your word that it shall go forth and it shall not return void. So, Lord, I know, Lord, based off what you have told us, Lord, that the word is going to continue to work, Lord, throughout today, tomorrow, this week, Lord, and the months to come, oh, Lord God. Your word shall not return void. I thank you, Lord, for the work that you've done today and those that you have healed and those that you have set free. Lord, continue, Lord, to reach out to us, Lord, and love us. Forgive us, Lord, will we fail you in so many ways. And Lord, thank you, Lord, for all of this great food that you've prepared for us. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for those who have came and have sacrificed, Lord, and have cooked and prepared the food. I thank you, Lord, for their service and their fruit. Oh, Lord God, that they have given today their time, Lord, and their sacrifice. We thank you, Lord, for that. And so, Lord, we just ask that you bless this food as we take it and nourish from our body. And we also would ask that you would clean and sanctify it. We ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior today. Amen. God bless y'all.